Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. And as the man just said, I am your host, Gary John Bishop. Thank you for finding the time in your life to be part of what we're creating here at The Nation. We are to transform lives, to make a difference, to empower people, to have people live the lives that they want to live, right? And, and I'll tell you, you know, one thing that this show is not about is about fucking picking fluff at your belly button and calling that personal development, okay? So we are not about that. I encourage you, I even implore you, if you hear something on this show that just clicks some things into place for you, don't sit there and just enjoy the little insight you got because ultimately it'll become pointless and useless. Whatever insights you get in this show are designed for you to now turn into your life and make change, right? To actually live the life that you say you're after, right? Often, well, too often, I hear personal development uh, in terms of more, 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 right? So it's like more house, more car, more body, more la, 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 right? More money, more fucking vacations, that's all fine. That's all great. Those are just games that you play in life. There's nothing significant or important about any of them, right? Nothing. <clears throat> um, and in fact, if, if in all the games that you can play in your life, the most important ones are the games of relationships because your relationships will determine the quality of your life because your relationships will determine the quality of of your life. And yes, that does include, of course, your relationship with yourself because you are a creature of language and whatever language you're dwelling in, that's your fucking life right there. Now, I wanted to, I'd seen this thing on social media. I can't remember whether it was Instagram or TikTok or one of those places. And if you're not following me in social media, then you're missing out on a lot. You know, we're putting out a lot of great stuff so uh, make sure that you're tuning into that. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, threads, um, and Twitter, X, whatever the fuck they're calling it these days. <clears throat> so anyway, my I'd seen this video, and I've actually seen two of these videos, and they're two different people. And in both the videos, it actually happens to be 
um, a woman who is married and is now regretting her choice, okay? <clears throat> and there's a lot of unfucking believably misguided people in this group, people who don't understand human beings, jumping into that as some social fucking statement about women, right? And this is women, and then women, right? And it's usually all these, again, these fucking, these online bros, right? who are just like the bane of my fucking life, right? And just way to take the human condition and just bastardize it to fucking have an argument, right, or a conversation. But it, but it was these two women were like, you know, had been married, divorced, and were now lamenting their previous relationship. <clears throat> and, you know, for the uninitiated, for those that haven't, that don't really understand what drives people or what it is to be a human being in the most base of terms, would jump on that and say and talk about it like it's a social statement. And it's not. It's fucking not. And in fact, for everybody that's jumped in there and done it, has actually, and, and, and made those kind of statements, by the way, um, has actually done what these two ladies were doing in their life and have done it many, many, many fucking times. And in fact, you do it consistently. So what is it these two ladies were doing? Whenever you make any kind of change in life, even change that you're out to make in life, you will inevitably be faced with some kind of uncertainty, right? You'll be faced with some kind of vacuum and and it, it'll be something unrecognizable. So for some of you, it might be, I'll give you a little example that you might be experiencing, which might be if you've, um, wanted to change jobs or start a business or th th whatever the thing might be, okay? Whenever something like that gets closer, for a lot of people, they experience this thing called doubt, okay? Like, ooh, am I making the right decision? Yeah. And then so we get into this conversation for second guessing. Why? Because human beings, by and large, do not, are not attracted to uncertainty, are not attracted to, are actually not attracted to a future of anything's possible. They must have something to hang on to because uncertainty breeds regret and nostalgia. So uncertainty breeds regret and nostalgia. And you've done this in your life, by the way. You've looked back in your life and went, you know what? That wasn't so bad after all, you know. And so for these two ladies, what they were experiencing was the prospect of starting again in life. And then they started to look back at the life they had. And that that press of the uncertainty of the future was so much, it was kind of almost like pushing them into what had been. And so then they're left with that fucking thing called nostalgia. Right. And then they get, they get to put another, I mean, just quite frankly, they, they get comforted by the nostalgia. And then they dwell in the nostalgia. Why? Because it protects them from the uncertainty of the future. So the nostalgia protects them from the uncertainty of the future. 
Now, I have no problem with this thing called nostalgia. Um, it can be very comforting in times of distress or times of, you know, upset or whatever. But you can see, particularly with the two instances that I've given you, how it could be mistaken for something else, right? I invite you to really consider that your regrets in life and some of your nostalgia in life is driven by the absence of a future that inspires you. So your regrets in life and at least some of your nostalgia in life is driven by the absence of a future that inspires you. That's why we often talk about getting back to the way things were. What we fail to see is the way things were, you weren't, when you were living those times in your life, you weren't getting back to anything then. You were forging ahead in life. You were living life. You were consuming life. You were experiencing life as it was coming. Then you get to the future. Something changes. The future becomes the present. Something's changed. And then your mindset is, well, let me get back to that. Well, there is no fucking going back to that. There's only new and new and new and new and new, and then you fucking die. And that's it, right? That's your opportunity, though, is to continue to create life moment to moment to moment. And in the absence of that creation arises regret and or nostalgia, which will have you look back and, you know, like a little warm blanket, and it protects you from creating anything, right? I mean, look, I, I remember having this conversation a long, long time ago with a client. This is when I used to coach people, um, and it was my, my primary focus, you know, it was really what, what I was all about, just coaching people. And, um, you know, I said to somebody, well, what if you could have everything you, that you say you want? What would you do with that? What would your life be about then? And they said, I, I would just lie around on a beach. <laughs> I said, um, no, you wouldn't. You'd, you'd, you'd maybe do that for a bit. Well, they actually started off by saying I'd travel. And I said, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you do that for a bit. And you could do that for six months, and you might even do it for six fucking years. But there'll come a time when that'll end, right? And that's kind of like the thing for human beings. I think we love to think that when we get to the future, when the future becomes the present, and we've accomplished whatever it is we say we want, that life will just stop, and we can pause there. And that's just fucking not how it works, it's not how it works. It's a constant game of creating the life you want. So it's a constant game of creating the life you want. And and I think in the back of our minds, we relate to that like, oh, fuck, that would be exhausting. But it's actually fulfilling because, in the, again, in the absence of a, a life that you've created for yourself, and, and you can create any kind of life for yourself, Whatever you create now becomes the game. The game doesn't necess isn't necessarily going to be easy. By the way, the fulfillment of the game might not even be possible. 
So in the games of your life, the fulfillment of the game might not even be possible. Which is okay. Which for all my fucking, you know, targets and goals, people, that'll fuck them up. The fulfillment of it, the realization of your goals and targets might not be possible. That doesn't mean to say you don't do it. Because the point is to play. The point is to play that game. You might win at it, you might not. But it's what you make your life about. That's why many people talk to me about becoming an author, right? I hear these questions a lot. Oh, I've always wanted to be an author. And I say, well, you you could be an author right now. I don't think what you really want to do is become an author. I think what you want to do is become successful and acknowledged and admired as an author, which is not the same as becoming an author or a sculptor or a painter or a woodworker or a, right, like that. Because we have in our mind's eye, not the thing, but rather this kind of, usually some kind of admiration or accolade attached to it. And then we'll also sell out on creating a life we want because we'll become conditioned to the idea that, oh yeah, I don't have the money, so it's not possible for me, which is just not fucking true. That's just not true. And let's say it, let's say even is true. Let's go with the argument that, oh yeah, money's the answer to that. It's true. All right. Well, there's your fucking first problem we solve. But you see, as human beings, we love to kind of hang out in that kind of lukewarm, tepid slurry of our life and explain why we don't have the life we want, why we don't have it. So, but like I said, that's because we live the illusion that we don't have how this turns out. When the real possibility is that you get to play it, that you get to live life as that thing. But we're so attached to that outcome. We're so attached to it. Like people don't want to be actors. They want to be rich actors. People don't want to be singers. They want to be rich singers. They want to be accomplished. They want to be, again, acknowledged, known, seen, admired. And if you actually were just honest with yourselves at times, if we were just to say, well, yeah, really, that's what that's about for me. It's about getting admired. You'll see how whether you are attached to being any one of those things or creating that kind of life for yourself or not. And even those of you that say, well, I've, you know, I've always wanted to be wealthy. I know, to, but to fulfill on what? what? What what problem does that solve for you? What problem does, you know, an increase in finances solve for you? personally, and I don't mean personally like I have a nicer place to live. I mean, who would you then be that right now you don't feel as if you're that person? Because ultimately, whatever that was, whatever the be that you're not being, that actually is your game. You've just found a vehicle for it called money. And you're convinced that the money, this is why when people uh, generate success in life, you know, I think I talked about this uh, fairly recently. We were talking about Matthew Perry. And this was a guy who, he basically, you know, lived his fucking dream. And I've talked about this in books, by the way, multiple books. He lived his dream, but it never solved the problem of him. 
And in our society, that's kind of what led to believe that if you just follow the golden fucking path, it'll solve the problem of you. Which, you know, when you go all the way back to those two ladies, that's what that was about. Getting married was going to solve the problem of them. It didn't. They got divorced. Was going to solve the problem of that. It didn't. So they turned back and they regret and nostalgia rather than like, okay, maybe I need to just start resolving this for myself. Maybe I need to start dealing with myself. Maybe I need to start a little bit more work on myself to empower myself to be in the company of myself and the quiet of my thoughts to give up my propensity for making myself wrong to let go of the need to fix or change myself, to plug some fucking never-ending hole that can't be filled. Maybe at some point in all of this work that I'm doing, I might sit there and I might give up the notion of who's to blame for this, this thing that I've become. And maybe I can just be at peace with it. That this thing you've become is not in the way. It's the addiction to fixing and changing it that's in the way. So the thing you've become is not in the way. It's this addiction to fixing, changing, improving, more, better, different kind of you. That behavior, that drive, that angst, that anxiety, that determination, that frustration, that apathy, that's what's in the way. And that if you could just accept, and when I say accept, I just mean like, okay, finally, yeah, this machine that I've become, it just does what it does. Right? I don't even need to make it do what it does. It just fucking does it. Now let me explore some other possibilities for myself. Some other versions of myself that I could become. Not to fix anything about who I've been, because that's just what that is. There's no fucking fixing and changing that. That just is. It still remains. There it is. Right? The mountain just sits there whether you think it's a fucking problem or not. And when you give your attention to what matters to you, then perhaps the mountain's not as much of a problem as you thought it was. And focus on what matters to you, like truly, like an expression of you. Like, you know, if, if today was to be the last day you would ever spend on this life, what would you be doing? Who would you be talking to? What would be important for you to know that other people were left with about you? Truly, not your resentments, not your regrets, not your thinking, right? <laughs> but rather, your full self-expression. The sort of stuff I'm pointing to, by the way, to finally take that on for yourself. Like, oh, shit. This might not be 
who I've experienced myself as, but it's who I am now. If you go out into life like that and live that life, you'll be satisfied. You'll have peace of mind. There's no second guessing. Because you're living your life as who you now say you are, which occasionally, sometimes often, by the way, doesn't always align with how I feel I am. But by this point in your life, how you feel is fucking automatic. That's the machine. Consciousness is awareness of that machine. It's to be aware of the machine and what it does and what it's out to do. Go read stuff doing that shit. Go read that book. In that book, you'll get a, you'll get your arms around the machine that you are and what it's driven to do and the life that it's driven for you to live. It's all fucking machinery. It's just click, every fucking day. Same noise, same feelings, same behaviors. And then, and then some people, some enlightened human beings think if they just do the fucking opposite of that, then that's freedom. No, freedom is letting it be. Freedom is being in the presence of it with no compulsion to act upon. Freedom is when you laugh at your own fucking absurdity, at the dramas you're fighting for. That's freedom. Freedom is when you see yourself and others. Freedom is when you can set yourself aside and act in alignment with who you say you really are. And that's, it goes back to the episode a couple of weeks ago, right? But being remarkable. That's a remarkable life. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to do our second part of the show, which, of course, is our question from the nation. We've had some dingers this week. Um, if you want to participate in a future show, if you have even an idea for a future show, you're like, you know, I want you to talk about this subject. Um, 646-450-3203, 646-450-3203. Go grab your phone. Do it right there. Open up a little text, 646-450-3203, and message me, right? Or call me up and leave me a voicemail. Or you can also send me an email, connect at Gary John Bishop. If you feel as if you can't get all your thoughts into a text, email me, okay? Connect at GaryJohnBishop.com. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the second part of the show. This is, of course, the part of Unfuck Nation, where we take a question from the nation. Now, this week's question is imbibed, imbued with a rather long explanation. And I'm actually going to read the whole freaking thing out, right? And I'm going to read the whole thing out for a multitude of reasons, right? But for those of you that feel as if, you know, your your situation is too complicated, too complex, too whatever, right? Too layered, too many pieces coming in out of here, there, and everywhere. I'm going to read the whole thing out to you, and you can get a sense of where somebody's mind is at, right? And then I'll zero in on a couple of things just to kind of show you this is how, this is how you attack these kinds of situations, okay? So... This person does not leave their name, but they will recognize this as soon as they hear me start to create it for you, okay? So they begin, hi, Gary, I noticed a comment where you asked for suggestions for a new topic for your podcast. I have been struggling with something for the last two years. I was in a horrible marriage, and when that ended, I tried to get myself back together and then met somebody else. I was looking for a protector. He seemed to fit the bill perfectly but I missed all the red flags. It was worse than my marriage. And that lasted three years. It's as if that one relationship completely changed me and what I was willing to put up with. Before my marriage, I was quick to pick up on red flags and get out of those relationships easily with no problem. But once that one person fooled me, I lost respect for myself. I got to interject here. So this is a part where somebody's explaining something to you and they've just fucking made something up. <laughs> like they just made something up to explain how they're feeling or what they're doing. So just so you know, like that, once that one person fooled me, I lost respect for myself. You just fucking made that up. That's not what's going on with you. You just made that up. Oh, you fooled me. Okay, so anyway. I eventually got out of the bad three-year relationship that was extremely abusive. Again, you know, not abusive, but extremely abusive. So I want you to start zeroing in on the amount of stuff you're adding in to make it more dramatic for yourself, okay? So you just want to notice that and there's already been a couple, but that, that one, you know, not abusive, extremely abusive, like more abusive than abusive, okay? If it's more abusive than abusive, then find another fucking word for it. Worse than anything I've ever personally gone through. Okay. And the worst part was that my daughter saw all happen. It also changed her. To make a long story even longer, I have since gotten into a relationship with a good friend since middle school. I'm fixing to turn 43. If that tells you anything, we started hanging out again just as friends and then realized that we were each other's missing piece. He is one of the most wonderful men I've ever known in my entire life. Besides my stepfather, my stepdad changed my perception of men. Did he really? All right. 
He was the first one that ever came along in my mother's life that was sweet and pure and kind. The guy that I'm with now is much more like that, and that's exactly what I want. But after about a year of us dating, I slowly started to have triggers that I didn't even know that I had. I've become the monster that I was running away from. This is extremely hard for me to talk about. I've always been very self-aware of my actions and how I treat others. I was horribly bullied. Again, look, not bullied at high school, horribly bullied, okay? I want you to get, like, you're either bullied or you're not fucking bullied. And if you take away the word bullied, you got to look at, okay, what did they do? What did they not do? How many times did they do it? And then when you say shit, like, all the time, that's not fucking true. There's 24 hours in a day. When? How often? Zero in, okay? Anyway. It caused me to drop out of school at my senior year. I'm sorry to hear that. That happens a lot with young kids. I know I'm all over the place, so I'm just trying to give you a picture of where I'm at now. I'm extremely depressed. Again, extremely depressed. Not depressed, extremely depressed. And I've never been depressed in my life. I don't know how to change who I've become. I'm so afraid of my triggers that it's caused me to withdraw and and ostracized myself from everyone that is important to me. I went to counseling for a short period of time and learned that I had PTSD and I did not understand because I didn't believe that I had trauma. Everybody has trauma. I have since learned to understand that you don't have to go to war to have PTSD. However, I absolutely do not want to claim that at all. I mean, you can. There's nothing wrong with that. I would just like some type of insight from a person who is realistic and brutally honest, such as yourself, to help me understand why I can't get out of my head in this particular situation. The person that I'm with does not deserve the way that I treat them. I'm constantly nitpicking and nagging and putting him down. And he has done nothing wrong. He's the least deserving of this type of behavior, almost as if I'm trying to push him away. No fucking shit. He says something in me that I can't pause. He sees something in me that I possibly can't see. He understands and empathizes. Um, uh, so unfair to him, complete fucking loss. Da, da, da. I need something realistic. I never let my childhood define who I am. Yes, you did. But I, now I'm starting to wonder if maybe that mixed in with my last two relationship is coming to some type of surface. It's always been at the surface. It's like the beast has been unleashed and I don't know how to put her back in the cage. I'm angry and I'm sensitive and I'm extremely emotional. I'm an extreme empath. Again, not a fucking empath, but an extreme empath. You're not just emotional. You're extremely emotional. Okay. And you're also extremely aware of this, which is not just aware, you're extremely aware. All right. First thing I want you to get, and I want you to really get this, you love, love the fucking drama. Okay? And if anybody's listening to this right now and you use similar language, yeah, you're into the drama too. Yours is always bigger and more and more, deeper and darker and da 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 And... Listen, you need to understand you're a creature of language. So as you extreme everything out, right, is it's, you know, the worst, the darkest, the deepest, the most extreme, you have to live with that fucking language. You have to live with the emotions that that's eliciting in you. You have to live with that, right? Rather than just saying, look, when I was at school, I was bullied. Listen, I went through something really similar in school and I stopped using, I even stopped using the word fucking bullied. That's how committed I am. When I was at school, there was a specific guy who behaved in ways with me that were fucking unacceptable. And at the time, I put up with it. And what I left myself with was shame. 
That's what that was. That's exactly what happened. Okay. I left myself with shame because I wouldn't do it in a butter. Okay. I'm not going, I, and I used to say bullied and mistreated and da, 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 and I had to live with all of that because bullied isn't a word. It's a fucking world that you're in, okay? And then, yeah, I did go down to what did he do? What did he not do? How many times did he do it? In actual, like, was it once a week, twice a week, three times a week? What did I do? Like, what were my behaviors at the time to kind of deal with it? I made it real for myself, right? Now, so the first thing is you are in your language, in your use of language, you are dramatizing, you're blowing up the situation that you're in. That I know this is not a good situation for you. It's fucking blatantly obvious this is not a good fucking situation you're in. But you're dramatizing. So that's number one. Number two, you're collapsing things. So it's like this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing, and you're putting them all together, and you're like, oh, this is the mess that I'm in, and it's not, right? It's clear to me you haven't read Stop Doing That Shit. It's clear to me you haven't read that book because there's something incomplete for you from your childhood. And all of your relationships are about proving a point. That's why you're flip-flopping. Like you're, you're going from one kind of... Everybody loves in a, kind of, in, a, in a different way, if you like, right? And I'm not talking about that book that person wrote, but, you know, love languages or whatever. That's all fine, I, you know. But, but you, you, find your, you, you find yourself seeking people who relate to you in a certain way. And even though it might be kind of mild at the beginning, it kind of rings all the bells. And the bells that it ring will allow you to confirm what you already believe to be true in the long term, right? This would, this would be more of a kind of subconscious thing, okay? So it would allow you to confirm what you believe to be true in the long term, even though in the short term, you're trying to disprove it, if that makes sense. So in the short term, you're trying to disprove this thing, but in the long term, you already know it deep, 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 deep down to be true. And in fact, you've even said it here in this communication that you sent me, okay? What is the thing that you believe to be true. What you believe to be true about yourself is that you're not lovable. So sit with that for a moment. What you believe to be true about yourself is something along the lines of I'm not lovable or I'm not loved. And by the way, you will do this with your 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 kid as you grow up, as you, as they grow up. You'll actually take it out in them. So no matter what somebody does with you, if somebody tells you they love you, you'll negate it. You'll crush it. So that's why this person's different. Because this new person is like, I love you. And you're like, no, you don't know shit. All right, now, fuck you. You're tr actually trying to get them to change their mind. And then in the first two relationships, no, you didn't fall for anything. You were not fooled. You fucking handpicked both of them because they would fit your, what I'm going to call your unconscious or subconscious agenda. And your unconscious or subconscious agenda is ultimately to prove that I'm not loved. And it's not like I'm not loved by this person. It's I'm not loved, period. That's why you bounce from one to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next.
So in other words, you are driven to have people see you the way you see yourself or saw yourself when you were a kid. That might have been part of what went on at school. That might be part of it. It might be something like you talked about your stepdad, but you didn't talk about your dad. That might be where you're incomplete. Like you were left with the experience of I'm not loved. But it could be something simple like I'm a piece of shit, which is very common for people, by the way. Deep down, I feel like I'm a piece of shit. It's not true. It's not fucking true, by the way. None of it's true. Like, quote, unquote, you're not loved. It's not fucking true, right? Your child fucking adores you, right? This man clearly fucking loves you. But you can't be with his love. You can't be with it because for you, it, it, it clashes with what you firmly believe to your fucking bones to be true, that I'm not loved. I'm not loved. And then you just get, again, you know, I speak ontologically, just get the ways of being and acting that would arise from that internal sentence, who I would become when that's running away in the background, like a little fucking electric car battery bullshit engine thing, silent, but powerful, silent, but powerful, driving me forward. So I'm drawn to those that are a little disconnected, a little colder, a little less expressive of the love, because that belief of mine can be like, oh, it's good. It's intact. And at the same time, by the way, I can even give all my effort to have this person love me. Oh, you need to love me. I love you so much. Oh, but you're an asshole. Yep. See, fucking know it. So I'm not saying you made any of that happen. I'm saying you that situations like that are like a you're like a moth to the flame because of what's driving you subconsciously. So I'm not going to get through the whole thing here, but you're driven by three fundamental beliefs: what you believe to be true of yourself, what you believe to be true of other people, and what you believe to be true about life or the world. Right? Those three things are set in fucking concrete in each of us. If you don't understand what those three things are, they will run you into the ground. When you start to understand what those three things are, you, you start to get something called choice. And choice is fucking radical. Choice is wild. Choice is like, oh. So a, a simple example for you might be, you're angered by his love for you. You can't be with it. The nitpicking is just a way to undermine his love for you. You don't embellish it. You don't encourage it. You don't sit in it because you can't be with it. You can't be with the idea that a person might just fucking love you, right? Um, and and, and I, I'm, giving you, I'm giving you all the compassion here, like tons of compassion here, and none of the sympathy. So you get tons of compassion, but none of the fucking sympathy here. You don't get any sympathy from me about this. None. 
Not a fucking thing. Why? Because you need to take over. And you're acting like you have no power. And you're acting like you have no fucking brain. Clearly you do. And you're acting like it's out with your control and it's this bullying and it's these fucking ding-ding-ding. My stepfather was such a great guy. Stop. Fucking stop. You got to own it. You got to own your wiring and you got to start doing things to empower you when you're, you find yourself reacting. You don't make it your partner's problem. You start saying, you know what? I need to start doing something else. Maybe I go see a doctor. Maybe I go see a therapist. Maybe I fucking meditate. Maybe I pray. Maybe I run. Maybe I well, sing. Whatever the fuck I do to empower me in those times when I feel as if my wiring is fucking running the show. And if you love this person, then you have to realize what it takes to love another. What it takes to love another, the risk involved, the fucking vulnerability that it takes to love another fucking human being. But his choice to love you is his. And you should give him the space to do that. If that's something you want to share with him, give him the space to love you. But your big thing is going to be, huh, how do I love him though? How do I love somebody unconditionally? And, and those of you that are parents, and I know you're a parent, you might look there because that, that is a great example of loving unconditionally, right? But if you look there, you know, you'll, you'll notice a lot of your actions are just designed to undermine him and undermine this so that you can be right about whatever you're being right about. So you got work to do, my dear, right? So you got to get into, stop doing that shit. You got to read that fucking book back to front, take notes, understand, start to connect some fucking dots for yourself. And then secondly, you should read the Love Unfucked because in that book, actually talk you, talk you through, here's what it is to love another human being. Here's what it takes from you. And mostly we don't love in a way that works. We love in a way like we're a fucking bank, like there's deposits going in and withdrawals being made. <laughs> but listen, this is not complicated for you. You've, you've made it complicated in your head. You've dramatized it in your fucking head. You had two relationships that didn't work. I got that. You were treated that way in a way at high school that was unacceptable. I got that. Your stepfather was a great guy. I got that. Good. Now, don't be a fucking asshole. Go ahead now and start saying, this is what I need to do to get my life together. Read the books. If it needs to be, see a therapist, see see your pastor, whoever it is, whoever it is you feel as if might give you the opportunity to express yourself. Or if there's no one like that, Journal, 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 journal. Write it all fucking down. Write down your dramas and your... Don't dwell on them. On to the next page and the next page. You never go back and read. You go back and read, you're just revisiting your fucking pain. Why would you do that? Um, Keep getting it out. Keep getting it expressed. And if a relationship is something you want with this guy, then you're going to have to learn how to be in a relationship with someone who loves you. And for you, that'll be a fucking challenge. But I'll tell you this. It's the right kind of fucking challenge. All right, that's it for this week. Have a great one. I'll see you on the flip.